Welcome to the Inner Cup Podcast, the weekly movie show going through all of the stuff in theaters, in streaming, VOD, pretty much wherever you're listening to your stuff or watching your stuff out there, we've got you covered. I am Arturo. I am here by myself this week because Zach, that lucky son of a gun, he's out at TIFF watching the premieres of Glass Onion. He's watching, I, I hope he's watching the new Spielberg. He's catching all of the new releases before we meet up in New York. Uh, so he's going to have a dispatch of a bunch of stuff that's going to be coming soon, uh, as well as the Emmys that are going to be tonight. So there's going to be a lot of other movie coverage coming from the both of us. So I just wanted to wrap up the stuff from the last two weeks because there's been some some pretty crazy releases. And then next week, there's like eight releases. Regal had to send a notification going, we have so many movies. We don't even know what you're going to book first. So uh, a big shout out to Zach. Follow him over on Letterboxd. Follow him over on Twitter. He's going to be keeping you up to date with everything that's happening over in, uh, on TIFF. Um, a lot of good releases over there. Follow Amanda. Follow Karsten. They're updating everything from the Toronto Festival. Um, but little old me got to go see a couple of movies that I will be covering on this weekend for the What We're Watching. And, yo, it, it's some insane stuff out there. Uh, for starters, we're going to do theaters like we always do, then get into streaming, then get, then get into some movies. Um, this first one, I don't even know how to describe. There's a little movie out there called Barbarian that pretty much told every other horror movie, get out of the way. Uh, I, I would call this a little bit more of a thriller. This is a movie where you, you can watch the trailer. I have seen every single TV spot. I, I've been trying to compile enough footage to make a video. It's impossible. You do not know. I know this is what it, they've been hyping it up with. You will not know what this movie is about until you're sitting there. The initial premise is you have Georgina Campbell. Some of you may know her from uh, the Hang the DJ episode on Black Mirror. She goes to an Airbnb. It's double booked with Pennywise. And the whole time you're wondering, should she be there? Should she not? Is he evil? Is he not? And then like 30 minutes into the movie, it becomes something different. I guarantee you, you will not know where this movie is heading because the director didn't know where the movie was heading. He talked about writing this one day while he was in his basement or his garage and uh, he had a certain way that the movie was going to go. And then he realized, what if I just pivoted and went a completely different way? Uh, thematically, I think that it's not the most perfect movie, but the way that it tries to like balance uh, its twists and turns, the fact that this is a guy, if I pull him up right now, some of you may know him, from the whitest kids you know, uh, he's a comedian turned horror uh, director. That seems to be the thing nowadays, and I think he does a really good job in the direction. There are some editing techniques in this movie, some uh, camera movements that are just ch chef's kiss. They're fantastic. The story, though, is... One where you're wondering, uh, is this a thriller? Is this a horror? Is this a comedy? Um, again, I highly recommend catching this in a theater with a bunch of people. This is a movie where you're there to see everybody's reactions alongside with it. You don't want to be spoiled going into this movie. Uh, for me, it's definitely a junior price. I'm contemplating giving it a combo price if you're able to see it with a packed crowd. Um, and it's one that will definitely spark discussions. Uh, there's a really good cast in this film. It's got a really good score, and it has everything that makes uh, the type of outing of a thriller that you want from a film. Barbarian, one of the craziest movies out there. Um, I, I am working on an LME for it because there's a lot, a lot to say. And there's a bunch of movies that have come out this year, like Fresh, Men. Uh, Katie Holmes had a movie where she got a double-booked Airbnb. I think the way that this handles it is probably... Um, the most crowd-pleasing. I think the way that it, it handles its twists and turns has a lot of people going uh, along for the ride more than something like Men that was very ambiguous. So if you are curious in this movie, highly recommend it as a really good thriller. Definitely rent it. Um, but if you can get a packed crowd to go see this, it's definitely worth it. 
Barbarian out in theaters right now. Another movie that is out in theaters is Medieval. We were sent a screener for this one, and it was it was glitching the entire time, so I can only give you like a partial review of this. Pretty much is based off of a true story of when uh, back in the old days they had to get like two popes because the 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 whole countries were like way too split from each other and then having two popes obviously caused a lot more damage so then there's this one guy who comes in trying to fight to bring everybody into peace um the fight scenes look good for the glitchy moments that i was able to see uh and the acting is is pretty stacked you got ben foster as a lead michael kane comes in he's narrating a lot of the stuff um i, I might have to give this one another pass through when i watch it but this was the second biggest release of the week so i wanted to put it on people's radars if you know those drama history movies are your cup of tea it's also two hours long so it was it was, it was <laughs> it's two hours long it ended up being three hours for me with the way that that link was glitching so uh zach also got a link hopefully his was better we'll double up on this one when it comes to next week also in theaters was a bunch of re-releases you know if barbarian isn't your cup of tea because you don't feel like getting scared uh spider-man no way home there was a refresher of this movie they did a reissue where they called it the more fun stuff i did an lme about this where i talked about the little extra scenes they don't add too much but i think the biggest thing that they did with this film is actually clean up a lot of the vfx um yo Thor is out right now on Disney Plus as well, and people are noticing, like, was this movie even finished? Uh, Spider-Man, if you're releasing a movie less than a year later to update the effects, why'd you have 500, what is it, billion dollars? I don't know how much they made the first time around for an unfinished product. I don't know why we give them a pass, but we do. The new cut, it it fixes a lot of things. Um, I think it's worth a watch if you're a fan, but if not, no worries about it. They did do the Morpha stuff issue, and hopefully that comes out to... uh, to Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff if people bought it. The one I would recommend going out to go see is Jaws. They had a re-release for this bad boy, and there's a reason why they call it the thing that started the blockbusters, the movie that to this day is still being homaged and things like, nope, I got my little nope memorabilia that I got, little Joop's Journey shirt. Um, Yeah, no, watching Jaws and then uh, having nope out on VOD and watching them back to back, it's it's just beautiful the way that they invert each other. But Jaws still holds up. I was able to see it on on one of my biggest IMAX screens around me, and it was just it was fantastic. Highly, highly recommended. On top of that, I don't know if you can see right there, they gave out posters. I snatched as many posters as I could. Those posters are beautiful. They have the IMAX like chipped out. Uh, It's fantastic. If you haven't seen Jaws, catch it at home. Just, Just catch it. One of the best movies out there by Steven Spielberg. Man's going places. Moving to streaming, though. We got a lot of Disney stuff right here. Um, Starting with Pinocchio. There is like a dozen Pinocchio movies in the works. I know there was an Amazon Prime one that came out not too long ago uh, with Benini. Uh, There was this like super horrible animated version, I think, that came out last year that uh, all the YouTubers were memeing. This is Disney's version with Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis, many of you may know. Flight, I think, was the last movie a lot of people really liked from him. Um, but obviously, he worked with Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. They're back together. Joseph Gordon-Levy's doing a voice. And they're trying to do this ultra-realistic version of Pinocchio. Um, get it? Because he's, you know, Pinocchio wants to be a real boy. Um, look, cool technology that somehow still feels lifeless. I don't know. It's, it's one of those movies... Where it feels like uh, Disney likes to take The Lion King, likes to take, um, you know, like a Pixar movie with a good dinosaur. And they know that they're going to get a lot of people to see it. So that's the one time where they'll be able to justify trying out new technology, you know. It's like they'll be able to have a return on investment. So they're like working on how real can we make this boy look 
even if it doesn't really add anything to the story. Um, it's your basic Pinocchio story. They keep some of the weirdness in there. Uh, I just don't think that it's like an updated version that anybody was really asking for. There is another version coming out with uh, Guillermo del Toro. He's doing his like dark and gritty version. I'm curious for that one. Uh, but as for this one, it had a lot of people tuning in. I know Disney Plus had their D23 going on, and they also have uh, their Disney Plus day that's on the horizon. So Pinocchio was getting a lot of views. So if you're interested, I don't think it looks terrible. I just don't see the visual updates and especially the retelling of the story to be anything too profound. But Pinocchio, out on Disney Plus, is one of their biggest releases. Um, I did want to connect it to this. They also had a Simpsons short called The Simpsons Welcome to the Club. It is not funny to be bought out and then make a short where Lisa's like, I guess I'm becoming a Disney princess and I'm a sellout. I don't understand this. The Pinocchio movie also had this bit, this egregious bit where all the clocks go on and it's just all the IP that Disney owns that wouldn't even be around during that time. They're just like, pardon my French, but they're they're just they're splatting all of their IP at your face. And uh, if the Pinocchio scene wasn't bad enough, I think this one was terrible. It's the Simpsons just continuing to make the same joke that they've been bought out and that they're now under the Disney umbrella. And uh, there's even a point where one of the Disney princesses complains about how they don't get enough screen time and they should be in a union. Nah, bro. It's just, it's, it's not working in my opinion. Um, so yeah, if P the Pinocchio one hour, 20 minute movie didn't do it for you. There's another four minutes of just, uh, Disney telling you that they own everything. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, keeping with it though, there was a bunch of other shorts that they had out there and one of them had a uh, Brie Larson. I think this is why she was trending over the weekend. Uh, cause she had a new short called remembering. It looks really beautiful. It's about uh, like a writer who's trying to tap into an idea and it becomes kind of like, if you know the Disney ride <laughs> figment, it's like the short for figment. Um, because she realizes that, you know, maybe I just need to tap into that younger version of me. Nothing too special. I don't think the little girl in the short is a good actress, but you have Brie Larson just trying to give this little tale, this little, you know, encouragement that the that youthful innovation that you had as a child, it could still be there. So remembering one of the shorts that they had up there, uh, Brie Larson also produced this series um, of kind of like testimonial shorts. It's called Growing Up, a bunch of kids who are kind of telling you the different um they're different life stories, uh, different perspectives of where they come from. It's decent. I, I feel like this is something that they could put like on YouTube as testimonials and it would still do well. Um, but that was one of their big releases that they had in terms of series alongside Cars on the Road. This is, I think, still a bunch of shorts that they were doing for Cars as it's re uh, reaching another anniversary. It's cute, just like a lot of the other ones. You know, they just had the Groot series. They've been having the Monsters, Inc. series. Uh, but I know they also announced in D23 that while these are shorts, they actually have like a long-form Pixar TV series in the works. So I'm more curious for that. But if you're a big fan of cars, if you're, if you're a Kapow kind of guy, there you go. More Cars content. A total of nine little short episodes that you can catch on Disney+. Plus. Um, Thor Love and Thunder was also out. And it's just been <laughs> really interesting. Finally, uh, having a lot of people catch the yet again updated version. If you saw this in theaters, you know there was that floating head that someone took like a picture of and floated around the internet. And it was so crazy to see people defend something that looks so terrible. And then having people tell you, nah, you just don't understand. That's the look that they're giving for you. One of my biggest critiques that I had for Thor Love and Thunder was that it uses its 80s aesthetic as an excuse for it for the VFX not being done. Um, everyone knows the trailer came out late. 
because they weren't done with the work, the VFX artists then came out and vented that they were being abused and, and worked too hard. And then people still came up with excuses that, no, that floating head, you just don't get their aesthetic. Well, guys, they've they they've fixed the floating head, so it clearly wasn't something that they were going for. Uh, Zach and I are always usually giving critiques to these movies. We get the backlash, and then Marvel answers it later. So there is an updated version of Thor out there if you wanted to see it. Um, again, it, it still falls flat for a lot of the jokes, but after rewatching it and especially seeing the behind the scenes, as I pull it up over here, the making of Thor Love and Thunder and a lot of the other interviews, yo, there is a version of this movie where you actually have Christian Bale doing a lot of good stuff. A version of this movie where the jokes actually make sense. But seeing a lot of the behind the scenes, I gotta blame it on the producers. I, I gotta blame it on the studio in some way. Because it seems like they were told, do whatever you want. And then they had to like re-edit the movie and shoot new scenes. There's deleted scenes out there. You could like find them on YouTube. And it's like, it's a completely different version that does not happen in the movie. Like they befriend a certain character and in the movie, they do the complete opposite. So it's like, I don't know what they did with this movie, but I don't want to blame Taika. I don't want to blame the cast and crew. It very much seems like it got butchered in post. Uh, there was also an interview about She-Hulk that came out, how they told her, the, the, the showrunner, write and do as much She-Hulk as you want. And then what happened? They told her, yo, you got to cut all these She-Hulk seeds. We don't have the budget for it. Another Disney product where people keep saying, no, you got to give it time for the... The time's here. The, the show is out and they have not fixed that VFX budget. Uh, those VFX visuals either. Thor Love and Thunder is still working on theirs. I don't know, man. Like, There is no bigger company out there. You know, like Disney is the biggest company. You can't say they don't have enough money for it, but... Thor, if you did not get to see it in theaters, it is out now on Disney+. Plus. IMAX enhanced version at all with a little behind the scenes. Uh, another behind the scenes. I did not care for the Obi-Wan show. Personally, personally. This was kind of fun to see. Uh, it's pretty much like the documentary, the little vlog of what it was like for both of the actors to come back. They're kind of like Journey revisiting, you know, these iconic characters. So um, even if you didn't like the Obi-Wan show, I think a lot of people were tuning in because, you know, they love the actors. Uh, they love the journey that they've been on. So I'd say, ironically, I'm not looking forward to the Disney Plus original series. I'm looking forward to the documentaries that come out like two weeks after the shows are wrapped. So... I take that as you will, but Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, is actually a, a much better watch than the show, in my opinion. Uh, continuing with some other stuff, that's all the Disney things. We had some stuff over on Netflix, starting with Queen Latifah's End of the Road. Uh, you thought she had it bad when she had uh, Jimmy Fallon in the backseat? This is even worse. You got a family who's going on this, uh, they're, they're moving and they're doing this cross-country practically move from Los Angeles over to Houston and stuff happens along the way. In particular, a lot of uh, racial encounters, um, but more than that is a specific sequence where someone gets shot at a hotel and they may be not just suspects, but maybe victims. Because her brother decided to take some money. Uh, Ludacris is also in the movie along with the kids. Um, some nice visuals in the film. Some nice banter. But for the most part, this is like the definition of a stream it. Um, if you're curious for this one, it is over on Netflix. I believe it hit the number one. It beat Morbius. Uh, a lot of people were finally catching that movie out there. One of the movies of the year. But End of the Road, just just a decent little little thriller out there. Nothing too big. Some Sometimes very heavy handed, but uh, it's a streaming movie. You can skim through it if you want. On top of that, they also had a little documentary. Just to give it a mention right here. I thought this was going to be a docu-series, but it's pretty much they got a lot of um, 
like financial influencers out on the internet and they gave them like you know the spotlight here to be able to get uh, several people who are having problems with money and kind of giving them advice and I like the scope of people that they have on here and I thought that it was really cool how um, they were able to get a different uh, amount of people in the in the struggles that they've gone through without like blaming them for being in you know the position that they're in I think they give some interesting financial advice um, again they tell you right from the beginning don't take this as uh, financial full legal advice but it, it's more so just people who are um, very savvy in the business telling you information that a lot of people may not know so a little interesting doc that was out there from Netflix and then a bunch of stand-ups uh, Sheng Wang sweet and juicy this is a guy who I've never seen a stand-up before but I've seen some of the stuff that he's written because he did a lot of things for Fresh Off the Boat he was a main writer on that if I'm not mistaken um, but this is also Holly Wong's directorial debut so she's directing the stand-up the man has this like super deep voice he does this little e40 bit um it's just very soothing deep voice that he has with him uh very stoic in his delivery but he had a couple of good jokes in this there was one about how him and his girlfriend uh, they're at that age where everyone's getting married everyone's having kids and he's like if your friends are having kids then you're having kids uh he talked about how they're now the godparents of the children and because of that they had to stay together for the kids shang wang sweet and juicy uh, i recommend this special it's nice and soothing had it playing um, in the back while I was doing a couple stuff. And he, yeah, he got me off guard on some of the jokes. Uh, Sam Morrow also had another one. He filmed this one. I think I, I pulled up the wrong one, but Sam Morrow had one on Netflix that was actually filmed here in Chicago. I'd never seen any of his stand-up, at least I thought, until I saw he's one of the open mic dudes in the Joker movie. So um, he is there. I'm trying to pull up the one that he actually did. It's called Same Time Tomorrow. Um, again, very dry in his delivery. This is definitely one where he's making a lot of jokes that are like pushing the envelope. Uh, he's trying to see how much he can get away with touching on all of the biggest subjects, touchy subjects that he can. It was pretty funny. Uh, so you got two pretty good standups out on Netflix. If you're curious with Sam Morrow and then the Shang Wang one. Um, and the final thing for streaming would be over on Shutter. I was looking forward to this one. It's called Who Invited Them? A couple moves into a house where they may or may not know why they got it so cheap. Uh, and as they're throwing a party, everybody leaves except two people who claim to be neighbors. It it plays, you know, pretty interestingly. It, you're you're along for the ride until, you know, it does get into the territory where it's, it's pretty by the numbers. You can kind of guess where it's going to head. Um, but nonetheless, for a streaming movie over on Shutter, decent little watch if you're curious but that wraps up all of the stuff for theaters for streaming wrapping up the what we've been watching with some movies or tv stuff sorry uh really quickly house of the dragon i'm gonna call um, talk about this when zach gets back house of the dragon if you're not watching it please 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 do yourself a favor and hop on it you don't have to worry about thrones this is it's a prequel it's it's starting fresh it looks beautiful i'm hoping they learned all their lessons from the previous series I am loving this show. I'll be talking about it more when Zach gets back. I'm pretty sure that's the one thing he's still catching up on. Um, this is, it's fantastic. I have not seen Caught Up with Lord of the Rings. It has been, I, I don't even know if you can review this without, I don't know, it, it becoming a mess. But I will be catching up on Lord of the Rings once that wraps. But definitely House of the Dragon is something that I'm tuning into on a weekly basis. Cobra Kai, though, getting into Netflix. They've gone five rounds. This is season five of Cobra Kai. Um, and they're not ending anytime soon. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, this show actually started on YouTube. It was a YouTube original series, which was then YouTube Premium, which was then YouTube Red. 
it's on Netflix now as of season three. They've pitched four, five. They've been able to get as many sponsors within this show as they can. And season five now takes Cobra Kai uh, as the full rival gang because you have another dude who's now running it. They, they do a really great job at going back at all of the original Karate Kids and going, who have we not used yet, right? And then figuring out who they can bring in. I'm still waiting on one. I don't want to spoil who it is because I don't want to spoil that they're not in this season yet. But I am waiting for this one character to return. That, I think, is going to be the biggest shakeup they can do. Um, look, from 3, 4, and 5, which have all been under Netflix's umbrella, I still think 3 has been the best. 4 got a little shaky for me. I felt a lot of it uh, did not hit well. 5 is a little bit better than 4, if not the same. So if you have been catching on with the series, it's still more of the same. Uh, it definitely seems like they're going to want to expand it in a way where it's not just taking place in the States. I'll leave it at that. Uh, I'm trying to make it as international as they can be because that way, you know, they get to milk the series. Uh, this has definitely been one of the things that uh, most people tune in for the most, in my opinion. Um, and it's still lighthearted, as, as most of them are. The characters are, you know, still relatable. You like connecting with them. It, it's not the most profound thing. You you can see that they're building up for their punches. It's, I'm not saying that it's like this is the best action series that's out there on Netflix. But uh, as a continuation to the uh, Karate Kid series, Netflix is still keeping it afloat. So Cobra Kai season five. One and two are still the best in my opinion, though, in terms of seasons. Uh, over on Hulu, there was a series called Wedding Season. Nine episodes completely out. Actually, I think it's eight. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they've already greenlit for a season two. Um, pretty much you have. Uh, I don't want to call them a couple. In reality, it's a dude who is always going through the wedding season, but is never the one getting married. All of his friends are getting married except him. And then one day he meets Rosa's character, who is a woman that has a lot up her sleeve, but he's fallen so head over heels for her that they end up going on this journey where an incident happens and the whole series is told kind of from the present timeline where they're running away to the past that shows them getting into trouble that's going to lead them to running away. Um, pretty decent series. Uh, there's a lot of deception that's happening in the show. You you kind of get frustrated with the characters more than you do the series because they're just making a lot of dumb decisions. But it's really a show that's all about deceit, lies. You can see people falling for things they shouldn't be falling for. But it's been a pretty fun ride catching up on this show. Like I said, all of it is out. And I'm actually writing the finale. So... Um, We'll see how it wraps up. And if Zach catches it, we'll be able to do a wrap-up for this. But if you're a big fan of Rosa Salazar, watch it for her, bro. Like That's, that's the main reason why I tuned in to begin with. Uh, she's always great in everything she's in. Wedding season over on Hulu. Keeping with the deceit, Hulu also had Tell Me Lies. This is going to be 10 episodes, uh, and they gave the first three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, pretty much this one takes place in college, and they're also lying to each other. It's also being told from the present time at a wedding to the past in college that leads to uh, what happened to this whole group of college friends that ended up splitting. Um, it has Grace Van Patten. To me, uh, I've always confused her with the other actress who is in... Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Other Lamb. They look so familiar to me. Uh, she's in Meyerowitz stories. I think she's a really good actress. Both of them remind me of like, um, what's her name from Divergent? She, I feel like she hasn't been making enough movies and like these two are coming in, taking that spot. She's really good in this. So is the rest of the cast. Um, it's a decent little, I want to call it, it's like half a thriller and then half kind of like a um, romance that's happening because these two are kind of connecting in college but you don't know what his motivations are but you also don't know a lot of her backstory so it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds but for the first three episodes that are out uh thought it was pretty interesting so if you're curious on another show that's all about deceit and lies 
There's a show from Hulu, Tell Me Lies, going to be streaming weekly. On Shudder, they have the 101 scariest horror movie moments of all time. Um, this is also going to be weekly. I think it's going to go all the way through to October. And I would say that for a lot of the stuff that we have here on YouTube, it, this is like the uh, studio-produced version of that. Uh, they do a great job of just counting down. I think it's like eight or 15 at a time um and they're just breaking down here's a movie moment from it follows from dracula and then they get a lot of people to come in to tell you why they uh why they really enjoy it and of course it's going to be like a stacked amount of talking heads they're bringing in professionals they're bringing in actors directors famous critics to come in and talk about it so for that alone it's definitely worth it uh, i've seen the first two episodes and they've been pretty interesting just really cool to see a lot of um, classic horror movie clips in full HD and kind of see some of the behind the scenes and breakdowns of what made them so iconic. So Shudder has the 101 scariest horror movie moments of all time. To wrap it up, though, over on Showtime is probably my favorite release of the week. Other than Dragons, uh, it is called American Gigolo. It is John Bernthal killing it in this role where it begins as him being a gigolo who finds himself in a scenario where he gets blamed for a murder and has to serve 15 years before they realize it wasn't him. And now that he's out, not only has the whole, I don't know, but the, the gigolo world changed, but he's also trying to figure out who framed him. It is, yo, this is Showtime's drama for sure. Um, it's also the only thing they have out. I was looking, what is Showtime going to be releasing? Nothing but American Gigolo. They released, they gave me an email. They're like, uh, tune in for everything on Showtime. Yeah, scrolled. It's, it's just American Gigolo. Now, I don't mind because it's really good, but Showtime, you, you need a little bit more. Uh, John Bernthal kills it in this performance. Uh, all of the cast that they have in here and the characters and the locations, the way that it's shot, it is hitting on all cylinders. This is one that I'm adding to my weekly list of tuning into, which is saying a lot for me because I like to binge them all when they're done, but it is. It's a deep story. Uh, the performances here, there's so much nuance to each and every one of them. And I, I am just like really excited to see how it unfolds, but it's also heavy stuff. So be warned for that. Um, American Gigolo over on Showtime, finally coming in, trying to compete with HBO on the drama side of things. But those were several of the things that are out on streaming on VOD in theaters. I'm curious to know what you guys uh, would recommend, what is on your horizon, the stuff that you're looking to check out. Uh, as I go through a bunch of the stuff that is upcoming in the new to see, it is going to be a stacked week, ladies and gentlemen. There is so much that's coming out there. Beginning tonight, the Emmys. When Zach gets back, we're going to be wrapping up everything dealing with the 74th Primetime Emmy Awards. I am rooting for a lot of these. I, I printed out my sheet. I have my family coming over. We're going to be watching this tonight. I think it's going to be over on Peacock, if I'm not mistaken. They're, they're going to be streaming it. It is... It's going to be crazy. Succession's up there. For the first time, Stranger Things is nominated for something. <laughs> and I like, it's actually a season of Stranger Things I like. You've got Severance up there, Barry, Abbott Elementary. It, it's such a stacked year this year that I would recommend just tuning in to get some new stuff on your radar if you haven't already caught some of these TV shows. But that's going to be premiering tonight on uh, Peacock, if I'm not mistaken. Moving over to September 13th in theaters in a limited engagement is Clerks 3. Um... I've been rewatching the past ones. <laughs> they're pretty funny. Um, but this kind of has me upset because they're releasing it in theaters, but it is a fathom event. Come 
on. So you can't use your Regal. You can't use your AMC. Um, movie Pass is back. Can't use that either. You got to pay the whatever premium price for it. It's a little annoying to me, but uh, the reason Clerks 3 came back is they had told Kevin Smith, yo, the DVD sales on the last one, bonkers. I don't care what you do. Make another one. <laughs> so they just gave him a budget and Clerks 3, it's here. They're bringing a lot of people, a lot of his regulars from his other movies. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, I believe this comes out tomorrow night or tonight. It, it also has like a weird release where it's not coming out on the weekend. But Clerks 3, if you are interested, Justin Long is on there. Justin Long was in Barbarian. Justin Long is also doing another one, House of Darkness. I don't know what this man has, but he continues to play borderline kind of despicable characters uh i don't know if you're doing a disney frozen thing here but when you search up just along he definitely wants to make sure that you're seeing him in roles like this where uh he's coming in as an outsider into a home that is not his and it turns out that while you think he may be the one in danger maybe he is the danger uh i heard mixed reviews for this one but i'm curious to check it out because i know that it is supposed to be based on um dracula's bride and we've been getting a couple of movies dealing with dracula's bride and um uh, well, this comes from Neil LeBoot. Made, I don't think it was the good version of The Wicker Man. So we'll see how he handles this, handles this horror mystery. But House of Darkness, that should be coming out on VOD, if I'm not mistaken. Wrapping up June 13th, though, over on Netflix, Joe Coy. He covered Easter Sunday, which I thought they did him dirty. They should have given him a better budget. Here, man, he sold out the forum. He's got a whole special coming out um, over on Netflix. So if you're a big Joe Coy fan, put that one on your radar. On Hulu, on September 14th, it just uh, premiered at TIFF right now. They have The Handmaid's Tale Season 5. Probably the biggest series that everyone knows from Hulu. It's coming back. It's supposed to be stronger than ever. Uh, on September 15th, we have a couple of Shutter releases. There is Flux Gourmet. We had a screener for this one. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to revisit it now that it's on Shutter Because uh, you have like this and the menu that's on the horizon as well. But this is the more artsy version of it. It comes from a dir the director who did In Fabric. Um, but he also did another movie, Peter Strickland, that I would highly recommend. recommend uh, and it's called The Duke of Burgundy. I don't know where this is playing. But if I have the chance to recommend something, go catch The Duke of Burgundy. And if you're interested on Shudder, he's going to have Flux Gourmet, which is was all right the first time that I caught it. Um, but Shudder will also have Speak No Evil with the biggest content warning because, yeah, this thing's not even rated. Shudder is the only place to have a movie like this. I'm going to say very little other than it's a family going on a vacation gone wrong. Speak no evil. Over on Shudder. You will not get this one out of your mind once you catch it. And it's better to catch it at home than anywhere else. Uh, over on Peacock for September 15th. I think this was a book series. I think Netflix has the movie right now. I remember Zoe Deutsch was in the, the movie version of this. Now they got a series, Vampire Academy. This is something that I feel like this is an Amanda the Jedi video <laughs> ready to be made, but it's going to be 10 episodes. Um, it's really one of the biggest releases that they've got going into October over on Peacock. So if you don't care about NFL primetime, which is the big thing they're pushing right now, I guess this is the only thing you're going to have on your horizon from Peacock, Vampire Academy, the series. Moving over to September 16th, this is where it's packed. First, the streaming. Netflix is going to have this movie called Do Revenge. Looks interesting. Looks like the exact type of uh, fun little, you know, comedy that they would have over uh, on Netflix. But they are definitely trying to steal some Heather's Thunder. So I am curious, but I'm definitely going to be more critical if you're trying to homage one of the classics, one of my favorite movies of all time. But 
it's a pretty good cast. We'll see what they have in store. Um, Do Revenge, out on Netflix. Should be a fun little thriller. Them getting back at their bullies. Drifting Home is also going to be playing on Netflix. And this is like an anime about two friends that get like drifted apart. Looks pretty cute. Decent little animation. Uh, that will be playing on Netflix as well. And then the last thing in streaming is going to be Mija. We got this document. We were able to catch this documentary over at Sundance. Um, really beautifully shot edited as it's following a producer who loses her artist um, and then starts uh, helping another artist. But then both of them are also going through their own personal problems with, with their own family. And I, I, I thought it was very well put together. We caught this one so early in the morning. So now that it's on Disney Plus, I can't wait to catch it again. Mija. But let's get into it. <laughs> Look, we got God's Country coming out in theaters. We got Moon Age Dream coming out in theaters. We got so many tabs here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to make some room right here. Uh, on top of that, we have Pearl coming out in theaters. We've got Riotsville, another Sundance one, coming out in theaters. Your AMC is already done with it. You got See How They Run coming out in theaters. You got The Silent Twins coming out in theaters. You got The Woman King coming out in theaters. There is so much theatrical releases, starting from the top. God's Country, this is a pretty good thriller. Um, I, I believe that this was supposed to maybe go to Prime. I could be mistaken there. Uh, but this is an IFC release. We caught this one at Sundance. Uh, Danaway Newton, she owns this like plot of land. And these like hunters, they, they keep getting in her land. And it, it becomes this kind of like tense thriller between the two of them of what is she going to do? Is she going to stand her ground? She could be walked over. I would give it a junior price if you're able to catch it in theaters, but I believe that there may be a uh, streaming release. Uh, definitely put it on your radar. Either way, God's Country. Moon Age Daydream. This is going to come out in IMAX. I know this premiered at Con. It is the IMAX documentary looking back at David Bowie. They're calling it a cinematic experience. I want to see this in the biggest IMAX screen that I can, so I definitely have this one on my radar for the weekend. Pearl. We did both catch. I think Zach's catching it tonight at, on the public premiere for TIFF. We were able to go to a, um, a screening to it. I don't know when I'm allowed to say anything, so I'm just going to say that Pearl, it is the prequel to X. X edges it out a little bit, um, but this is going to be releasing this weekend, and I think we're embargoed until like literally the Thursday. So uh, other people have been able to review it, so I don't, I don't know how embargoes work, but Pearl, Mia Goth. Really good in it. Uh, that's what I'll say if I'm able to. Riotsville, USA is a Sundance documentary that comes from, uh, let me pull up her name right here. She she goes by an archivist. I, I've always loved listening to her interviews. Sierra Pettengill. She made this movie called um, The Rifleman. It was like a short film that kind of takes uh, nothing but archives. Like there's no narrator, nothing. It's just archives. I can't remember if this one had a narrator. I, I don't believe it did. So again, she's able to just compile an entire story just off of like literal U.S. documents about this Riotsville, USA prep town and how the military practiced here. It's very engaging is all I'll say. This is going to be playing in theaters. It's going to come from Mongolia. So I'm hoping that it's able to do a, a pretty good awards run. Riotsville, USA. Check that out if you're interested. One that I will be checking out, HBO just put out a first look, is See How They Run, a comedy mystery with a stacked cast it's supposed to be like a play that continues and uh they won't end it because the play's making too much money <laughs> even though the main dude wants to end it because he wants to make a movie version but he can't make the movie version until the play ends and then i believe a murder happens so now they're trying to solve it uh i'm gonna be seated there i don't i don't even know how i'm gonna i'm gonna have to use my 
AMC stubs. Then I'm going to have to use my Regal stubs. And then I'm going to have to, like, I don't know, wait for a $5 Tuesday because there's so much coming out. But this is definitely on the top of my list. But then so is Silent Twins. This is an adaptation of a book where you have these two sisters who are twins that were called the Silent Twins because they just never engage with each other. And then I don't even know what happens. I, I, I've been avoiding the trailer. I saw this poster. I was in. It just so happens to be coming out in a week where everything is stacked, but I am going to be making room for this one, The Silent Twins. And then, of course, this one's also going to be out in IMAX. It's going to be out in Dolby, The Woman King. Um, I think this already premiered at TIFF. I'm seeing mixed reviews there, but that's not going to stop me. I saw a trailer to this. Yo, they are jacked. They look intimidating. They look so strong. I, I want to see this action sequences up on the big screen. I'm probably going to choose Dolby because I don't think it's primed for IMAX. Um, so that's where I'll be catching it. Um, but again, between all of these movies, there is so much to catch in theaters that... <laughs> and if you include Clark's 3, yeah, you almost have damn near 10 new movies that are coming out this weekend. And then the Emmys and whatever wins TV show-wise that you're going to have to be catching up there. But... Uh, out of all of the releases and everything that we've covered, if you are at home, here are some of the stuff that I would recommend to wrap up this weekend must-watch. Out of what is out, if you're going to theaters or want something virtually, theatrically, in theaters to physically leave your house, I'd recommend Barbarian. If you are not squeamish, go into this knowing as little as you can. Make sure you book a screening that's full of people because you will never guess where this is going. Uh, if you're at home and you still want to catch something premium but you don't want to leave the house, I would recommend Marshall the Shell with Shoes on. It is finally out on VOD. You can purchase it. This is the best family film. This is the best drama. This is the best mockumentary, if you want to call it. It is just beautiful. The stop motion animation from uh, Pretty Beloved Viral YouTube series. It, it's, it's so beautiful. It's one of my favorites of the year. And it is available to purchase at home. Or you could rent it. Uh, so Barbarian and Marshall for the theatrical and virtual. But if you... Just want to stay home and stream some stuff? Petite Maman, a very, very short movie that comes from Celine Siama, who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire, one of our f absolute favorites from 2019, damn near the decade. And this is a very short movie about uh, a little girl who meets another little girl out in the woods. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's kind of like a, a, a very dreamy, atmospheric type of movie. It's fall, and this is literally the definition of a fall movie. It's very short. Catch it on Hulu. It's very cute. I'm looking forward to rewatching it as well. Um, and I would also recommend Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, a theatrical release from last week um, that I know got mixed reviews on IMDb. Uh, you can see how Letterboxd kind of went in with it. It's playing on Peacock. So if you don't want to go out in theaters because you don't know if it may be your cup of tea or not, I would highly, highly recommend catching it at home if you have the service because this is one of those movies where I think a lot of people confuse satire and parodies. So when they see a satire and it's not doing the like overtly parody things that people are used to, they may not get what's going on. And it's also a movie where I think the the more background and history that you have like on churches, the more you'll connect with it. So because I know and I've been to so many churches, there's just stuff that they get right in this movie, dude. I think the performances are great. I think uh, when it's funny, it's subliminally funny, it is very funny. And Adama Ibo and her sister are ones to watch for because they're twins. She went to film school. Her sister went to law school. And now they're coming together and I think they're a force to be reckoned with. So I know I got mixed reviews and it may not even be up your alley, but I say give it a chance if you can. Honk for Jesus, save your soul. Um, and then there's some Shudder picks. Perfect Blue. If you haven't seen this, they say they're remaking it. It's on Shudder. 
streaming for the first time. On top of that, Deadstream. We caught this at South by. There's so many movies about like influencers gone wrong because they're trying to like capture something. This, this is finally that movie. Don't go watch Dashcam. Don't go watch a lot of those other movies. Deadstream is that movie about a dude who's just always trying to profit off of just crazy things that he captures. And I don't know. It's made by a couple. Him and his wife like made this movie together. The right there. They like met on a set uh, doing production design. They got together. I believe they're married, and they got this movie. It's it's it, it's a really fun ride. It's over on Shutter. Definitely go catch it. Um, and my Shutter subscription is about to end, so I realized that I could actually get like Shutter, uh, Sundance, and Sundance TV and AMC Plus all for one. And I'm I'm about to make that jump because I'm paying whatever the price is for Shutter, and I don't get any of these AMC series. They sent the screeners to this bad boy. Who has AMC Plus? Nobody. Like I I understand that. But this show may make you want to get it. It's called Pantheon. And it is about not necessarily AI as much as it is uploading people's consciousness into an algorithm so that they could live longer. It's such a good animated show. And it's one of those where I would love to see this adapted into live action. It is literally making me want to get an AMC Plus subscription. There's all this Walking Dead stuff. They have a new Walking Dead series as well. Um, Like some anthology series that they were doing. But this pantheon is what's going to make me want to update it so my recommendations pantheon deadstream perfect blue if you've never seen it honk for jesus honk for jesus uh we got petite maman over on hulu and then theatrically and virtually marshall and barbarian so a bunch of stuff that has come out this week i'm curious to know your thoughts down below in the comment section like i said when zach gets back we're going to be covering the emmys we're going to get his picks from tiff we have a bunch of other brackets and just rankings we're going to be in new york together so we'll be catching a lot of stuff there a lot of things that are on the horizon but until next time thank you all for watching thank you all for listening and i'll see y'all later